So this week we have Omar, who's a student of UOttawa, and he's part of the software engineering program. And we're gonna be, I'm gonna be sitting down with him and interviewing him about the different internships he's been part of, the different experiences he's had over the many years through his undergrad. So let's get on with it. All right, Amar, thanks for coming in today. Uh, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, so I'm a software engineering student at the University of Ottawa. Uh, I'm now in fourth year. Um, I've had the chance to work at a number of uh, interesting places throughout my uh, undergrad degree. Um, I am a water polo player for the university. I'm involved with a lot of extracurriculars, such as the university, UOTA hack. Uh, the hackathon and the IEEE engineering sub-association so yeah that's pretty cool I didn't know you're part of the water polo team I am yeah, yeah. So I love this that. year this year I'm taking a break but um, usually like for, throughout the last three years I've been part of the team yeah so a lot of like so you've been swimming for a while yeah yeah I played water polo throughout um, like high school and started in like grade six okay. uh, seven and so I've been playing for a long time, and so when I joined the university, I was told by some of my coaches that they also have a water polo team, so I just continued playing with them. It was really fun. Yeah. So I'm guessing you can like tread water for like as long as you want? I mean, now, yes, but when I first started off, I remember when I was in like, when I was 12 years old, and they, when I first came to my very first practice, the coach like took a water polo ball and like threw it across the other end of the pool. Ball. And he's like, a ball, like a okay, water polo okay. ball. And yeah. he's like, get in and swim. And so I got in, barely swam to the ball. I was like so exhausted. And then I got back and I was like so out of breath. And uh, yeah, that was my very first experience. So <laughs> okay, we'll talk more about your water polo yeah. later. Okay, so I wanted to know, how did you decide to pursue software engineering? Um. Well, software engineering, so throughout high school, I was very much involved with uh, like the robotics club in high school. So I went to uh, Lisgar High School, which is just oh, across okay. the canal over there. And I kind of fell in love with technology early on. Uh, and so I was very fortunate that I can continue doing that in university. So I'm very happy that I've kind of picked a field uh, that I'm so passionate about. Uh, and it's allowed me to really excel in it and everything that I do in terms of like coursework or side projects it's because I really love doing it so I guess I got into software just simply because I was so into it in high school I was always like programming part of the robotics club and so it was just kind of that logical next step mm -hmm. for me uh, and so yeah that's that's how I came into and, software. Uh, what was like the first I guess language you programmed in? Ooh, hmm. I would say I think it was PHP was the very first one. So I was like, I watched the social network oh, where yeah. like Mark Zuckerberg yeah, uh, in the Facebook yeah. story, yeah. And so I remember reading online that Facebook was written in PHP. And so I wanted to like learn how to do that because I mean, when I was looking at the movie, it, it, it was so powerful for me that, you know, one person on his laptop was able to make something that, you know, millions of people use around the world. Yeah. And the way he did it was just writing, a, you know, PHP backend, you know, adding some HTML, and that was it. So PHP was like the first language. Yeah. Okay, so in Ottawa, we get the chance to do multiple internships over our undergrad degree. Yeah. So 
in your first year, what was it like getting that first internship? So yeah, software engineering is very unique in that sense that uh, when you compare it to the other programs at UOTA, it's the very it's the only program that offers co-op in your first summer of your first year. Um, and that, that was kind of one of the reasons why I decided to go mm -hmm. into software over computer science. Um, but in terms of getting that very first co-op, I remember it being very hard because I was, it was sometime in January that we were applying and we were also in a pool of candidates that were uh, fourth year students, computer yeah. science, electrical uh, software. Uh, and so these were all students that were looking for summer internships and us first years were also looking for summer internships. So I found that um, I was not getting a lot of interviews and I was not getting a lot of traction through the co-op navigator. Okay. Uh, so then I remember sometime, I believe it was in February, uh, there was a job fair at the University of Ottawa and I went out with my resume. I made sure it was a one-pager resume uh, because that's what a lot of upper year students were telling me was yeah. uh, very important. And I remember just going up to <laughs> pretty much every booth and just giving them my resume. And out of all of those booths, only one of them called me and it was a company called NXP Semiconductors. Okay. Uh, and called me over the phone, asked me like a very simple question. I remember it was something like, how do you instantiate an object in Java? Okay. And I remember being a little bit scared because I hadn't done any object-oriented programming, uh, like an official course until, until that semester. Mm -hmm. So thankfully I had learned it like a few weeks before and I was That's able good. to answer it. Went for the on-site interview in Canada, dressed up in a suit. I was very excited, uh, and then a few weeks later, I, I got the offer. So, yeah. so the on-site interview was it technical in nature, or was it more like a behavioral type? Well, I would say they knew coming in that like I was a first-year student, and I right. obviously didn't have any experience. So they kind of gauged the questions to be more more behavioral and more of like what kind of work ethic I have. I, mm -hmm. I think they wanted to see. A student they wanted to take on a student that they could teach throughout the summer and who would be motivated to work okay. uh, and before applying of course I had a lot of side projects that I, that I was working on first and second semester so that kind of helped me get a little bit more uh, gain a little bit more confidence uh, in programming and so I guess they were looking for 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 that initiative there so so what was your like actual internship like what did mm. you do at, at NXP so actually looking back, NXP was one of the more difficult internships simply because I was doing C, low-level C. C. Oh. Uh, so it was like programming for uh, essentially like software on a chip. Mm -hmm. And I remember it being like a, there was a steep learning curve. I had never done C before mm -hmm. uh, and let alone anything related to memory management uh, and that kind of stuff. So it was very complicated. but. Throughout that internship, I learned a lot, and that ended up helping me with later internships when I had to kind of brush up on my skills for C++, learning C very early on in my uh, software engineering career, I guess, was very useful, so. So you didn't actually know C before you started your internship, right? I knew a little bit of it, but not to the Is extent. Is it because it's like, you said you did robotics in high school? I did robotics. So was that robots C? That was like, yeah, it was like a combination, it was like Arduino robots. Okay. So that was more of like a C-sharp kind of okay. mix. Yeah. Closer to Java. Closer yeah. to Java, really, yeah. Okay. So you kind of, you, you were kind of familiar with the syntax, it's just that 
memory allocation part was memory and a lot of other baggage that comes with C. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm sure your like supervisor assured you that take your time with it. Yeah, honestly, hard. like they, I, I remember having like my manager was fantastic. Uh, and there were other people on the team that were just very dedicated to like helping me out sitting. They had a lot of patience with me. Like I okay. was, I didn't know the language that well and they were dealing with very complicated um, code bases written. And this was like legacy code from like a long time ago that yeah. were written in, it, was, it wasn't even NXP that wrote some of this code. It was like other companies that they had acquired throughout okay. the years. Uh, so it was very hard to kind of talk to the original engineers that worked on it to kind of understand better uh, what they meant by, you know, a certain function or, you know, a certain approach to something. But I, I just, you know, fondly remember I had one mentor and he was like always sitting down with me uh, in the afternoons to kind of go over my code and just talk about C and some of the stuff that, that we were working on. So that was really helpful. Just, just, they, they had a lot of patience with me. So. That's good, yeah. yeah. All right, so you, after you did NXP, you had a study term and then you had, again, co-op in the winter. So what was the process like for getting your second internship? It was at Morgan Stanley, right? Morgan Stanley, right. Yeah. So what was it like? Um, so yeah, so I had a study term in the fall, mm -hmm. at which point around mid-fall, around October, I had applied for Morgan Stanley uh, and uh, Pretty soon after I got the interview and eventually the offer. But okay. leading up to to that was really a lot of work that I put in over the summer. So I had worked that previous term in the summer. Mm -hmm. But I remember the nights, like after after work, I would spend my time working on side projects. Okay. So that was really when I got into more serious side projects. I started working with uh, other friends as well. One one particular friend, he was kind of helping me out with some of the Node okay. JS type stuff. But that was where I got into uh, some machine learning projects. So I had learned about computer vision uh, okay. before, and I had actually taken a, a really cool math course called Discrete Math mm -hmm. um, the semester before my co-op. And there we touched upon graph theory. And so graph theory was very interesting to me and just the idea that you can use kind of this abstract concept to represent um, like computer science, sorry, to, uh, <laughs> I'll have to cut that out. But, um, you can use kind of graph theory to um, represent abstract concepts in computer science. And so one thing that I noticed was you can use graphs to represent pixels or nodes rather to represent pixels. So my very first project was uh, working on uh, extracting the background of an image. So I used a graph theory where I like overlaid all of the, uh, every single pixel was a node. Okay. And essentially I did like a graph cut that was able to, uh, based on like the bright, not the brightness, but the actual uh, pixel level. So you have like the colors from zero to two, two, yeah. 255. Uh, so based on that, I was able to do like a graph cut and, and we'll, you'll probably learn that okay. soon in like uh, advanced like data structures and algorithms and stuff. Okay. But um, essentially that was like my first project that I got into and I was very excited about it, I was very passionate. I read a lot about it online, read research papers about it. And then eventually that got into computer vision okay. uh, where I was doing logo detection. Yeah. So I found uh, logos in social media images okay. and then I would take all that information and then just throw it into like a dashboard. And so the idea was that you could do like social listening 
oh, okay. where instead of like listening to tweets, which is just text, you would actually be recognizing a logo in an Instagram post, for instance, mm -hmm. and then using other machine learning algorithms to detect other objects and sentiment analysis. Uh, and a few other things like where okay. where the setting is of the image and that kind of stuff. So that was like my first serious project that I really liked working on. And I feel like that uh, opened up a few doors for me. So I put it up on GitHub. Mm -hmm. I made a little website for my for my project. And that was like the main thing on my resume. So I had my first job and then my side project. Okay. And I felt like that made me a pretty strong candidate uh, when applying. And then afterwards, I feel like I had a little bit of luck when I applied because my interviewer was really nice and he ended up being my manager uh, and we just really clicked over the phone. Uh, he knew that I wasn't technically there yet, yeah. so to speak, because I was still very young, but he loved the passion that I brought with my side projects and in the end, when I ended up working there, I ended up working on some machine learning stuff at Morgan Stanley, which is like super fun. So, cool. yeah. So the i guess for your computer vision project did you write your models on your own or did you use like an external api so when i first started i was trying to to write my own models and that proved to be pretty difficult yeah. i learned very quickly that uh, I, I should probably go through a little bit more schooling before trying to tackle that kind of problem. But I ended up looking a lot at like researching into a lot of different frameworks that were being used out there. And I came across this one called YOLO, which stands for <laughs> you only look once. It's kind okay. of funny. Uh, and so it really was one of the fastest uh, um, object detection algorithms out there. It was written in C and I had just had experience programming in C. So I really dove deep into that code base. I learned a little bit about it and then I made my own uh, logo detector based on that code. Okay. Uh, and so my detector was running uh, on you know thousands of images that I was mm. scraping from Instagram. Uh, and then eventually Instagram changed their APIs and I couldn't extract as many oh. images. But I mean, it's fine. Like I learned a lot from that project. That was like one of my favorite projects to work on. So yeah. Pretty cool. uh, so at Morgan Stanley, you said you worked on more um, machine learning stuff, right? Uh, did you, was there also a learning curve there? Yeah, yeah, certainly. So like the machine learning that I was doing was very like ad hoc and not, I, I wouldn't say it was the best kind of develop, like it was more like whatever I can manage to, uh, to put together. Whereas at Morgan Stanley, uh, the projects there were well documented. Anything that I would have to do, I'd have to like document. Any code that I was pushing to production or to be used had to be like perfect. There would be code reviews and everything. So I learned at Morgan Stanley a lot about the process behind building features or building code. Uh, and the machine, le machine learning that I did there was uh, mostly revolved around uh, NLP okay. uh, and also anomaly detection as well. So, yeah. So for viewers that want to go into machine learning, uh, is there like, uh, I guess, like a small, I guess, a, like a icebreaker kind of thing that they can do? Like yeah. maybe learn a specific language that makes it easier for them to get into machine learning or um, maybe there's like a tutorial online. Like what did you, le what did you use to learn all your machine learning? So stuff? you have to, I mean, you just have to go head first into it. Okay. Uh, you can look at tutorials online and they're obviously very useful like YouTube mm -hmm. videos and that kind of stuff. But I think the best way is to just 
you know, go headfirst into a project. Okay. So find something that you want to do uh, and then find, there's a lot of popular frameworks out there like TensorFlow, mm -hmm. um, Cafe, there's a bunch of them. And so you just, you could pick one of them and, but you have to have a, you know, a solid problem that you want to solve. Say you want to make, uh, you know, something that can detect sentiment in tweets. That's a, a tricky problem, yeah. but, and there's already probably existing technology out there, but if you can make your own, then you're going to learn a lot more than just using uh, an API or something like that. Okay. So I think just going head first, picking a problem and then just working away at it. And sometimes maybe that problem might be too difficult. So you can kind of digress and uh, find a new problem there that might be a little bit easier to solve. So, yeah. Right. So you just finished interning at Morgan Stanley. What was it? What was like your mentality or thought process coming out of it? Uh, did you want to start for your next internship? Did you want to work at a larger company like, I don't know, like the big four? Or did you actually want to like stick to data science, machine learning? Or, or did you want to like try explore different fields? Yeah, so I mean, I set out like to, to try and do very different co-ops throughout my internship, okay. throughout my undergrad experience, because I felt like it was a, a unique opportunity uh, where you can kind of test run an industry, a company, and see if you like it. Mm -hmm. So early on, even before my first co-op, that's kind of the plan that I wanted to do, because I knew I had to do five of them in total. And so I was really looking for something radically different. Um, and then I heard that like Shopify was hiring. I heard from a lot of people that it was very fun to work there. Uh, and they're an Ottawa company that was growing at a very fast rate. And so I saw a posting for like a data engineering job. I applied, I got to meet the team, the people who were to be on my team uh, later on, and I really clicked with them. They seemed really great. Uh, and so, yeah, that was kind of the, the decision process behind that. So at the time of Shopify, um did it like get that bait increase in its like stock value or? Yeah, I think just, so. Okay. And I think when I left Shopify, the stock value went even higher. So oh, like wow. it went okay. down for a little bit and then when I left, it just like skyrocketed. So okay. yeah. Okay. And then I wanted to say, so you, you went to Shopify for your next internship, right? But you did data engineering, which is kind of in the same spectrum as machine learning, right? It's or a little data bit, science, I mean, it is a little it's bit really different, different but yeah, right? yeah. So like on the opposite end of the spectrum of data science, right? So I wanted to know, let's say, so myself, I did data in my first internship and now I'm going to do data again in my second internship. So I'm kind of like the opposite of you where I don't, I've kind of like liked data mm -hmm. and I kind of want to stick to it. Right. But there's also the point of view where it's really good to try different things. Yeah. Would you recommend, let's say a student or a person find something they like really like, like Tolu, he loved product design from the get go, right? Right, yeah. Would you recommend if, if a student knows they learn, like they love something, would they, should you recommend sticking to it or would you still recommend trying different things? Yeah, I honestly think like if you found something that you really love doing, stick with it. Okay. For me, I like I found a lot of things that I like doing, but I wanted to kind of try different things. And that's just my personal, I guess, philosophy on how I wanted to use my co-ops. But again, if you really found something that you know you want to do five or 10 years down the line, mm -hmm. just stick to it and, and, and become kind of like a master of your craft early on. 
um, because when you start working for your full time, it, say you stick to data science and you want to work on data science, then by the end of your four internships, you'll know what kind of company you want to be doing data science at. Yeah. So you'll have five you know, unique opportunities to try it at different companies, different fields. And yes, maybe you want to just do data science. And I would say stick to that if you like doing it. So, okay. yeah. Okay, so let's talk about Shopify now. So after Morgan Stanley, what was that interview process like to get into Shopify? Because I've heard their interview process is pretty unique. They have like uh, a, like a life interview, something yeah. like that. So, so it, it is, like. it's rad. It was a lot it was very different from Morgan Stanley and okay. from any other place that I've worked at. Okay. Uh, I would say they focus a lot more on getting to know you mm -hmm. and they want to see that you're a culture fit. Okay. And so that they start with that. So they start with a life story interview. Mm -hmm. They, you talk about your life, you talk about school, talk about what got you into uh, your field, engineering, computer science, whatever it is. Uh, and they just want to see how you are outside of work okay. and then then the second interview is more technical and that's where they they, they want to see that um, you're passionate about what you work on and so they ask you to present a project a side project mm -hmm. that you worked on and explain it and then if there's any room at the end then they will like ask you like technical interviews mm -hmm. uh, it's like a te technical interview type question where you would whiteboard it and stuff uh, but the emphasis was on they wanted to see what you wrote, how you wrote it, uh, and what was the process behind it. Were you using like Git, Git version control? Uh, were you using like some kind of Kanban board to you know take yeah. care of the tasks? Uh, were you working in groups? How did that work? They want to see the process and see how you would fit into a team there, which I think is very valuable. Yeah. So, could we? I want to talk more about the life story interview. Sure. Because um, I know Shopify is very unique to this right so was there any like additional preparation did before like did you rehearse what you're gonna say or is it just like it's very casual you don't really stress about it it's just something you look forward to actually in an interview or? yeah i don't know like um i feel like now i put in a lot more thought into my interviews before and when i was like younger I guess like I mean t two years ago when I was interviewing for Shopify I just kind of winged it because mm -hmm. I felt like and maybe I should maybe continue that approach right now I, I felt like it was just uh, a lot easier to wing it okay. because if I start preparing like answers then it just kind of gets a little bit scripted and not, and not authentic and if you like mess up on what you're trying to say you might you know trip up on your words and you might sound mm -hmm awkward and stuff so I just winged it I did have one question preferred prepared which was why do you want to work at Shopify and there I kind of like wrote like a jot notes down just simply why I got into it uh, and why I wanted to work there so so winging it is like a good thing to do for the for the technical interviews you can't really wing it you yeah. have to really put in the work and, and practice lead code or uh, mm -hmm. whatever else like coding challenges online but for behavioral interviews have a few questions like the basic ones like why do you want to work here um, what have you uh, like what, what what have you worked on in the past can you explain projects those are those are things that you can kind of have prepared okay. but everything else you just got to take it as it goes that's at least my uh, thoughts on that so okay. so going back to Shopify you you worked 
as the data engineer intern, yeah. right? So what was that like? Because that's it's the opposite end of the spectrum from machine learning. So what was data engineering like? So data engineering was a lot more about the infrastructure behind some of the data science type things that that happen in a company. So for us, at least my team, our customer that we were building for were data scientists at Shopify and business analysts. So they were using um, a kind of data modeling tool that would get information from the Shopify uh, stores so like when users click on certain buttons when they move their mouse when they fill out forms but don't complete them all this data is um, stored somewhere very unorganized unstructured just like you, you know fast fast storing of this they, they want to store as much data as they can very quickly and then the you have kind of like a middle area where you have all this kind of like big globs of data and you want to get it to something that's a little bit more structured yeah. so that you can start making reports and get insights. Mm -hmm. So the middle piece there is what data engineers really work with, and it's that pipeline. Okay, so like let's say we want to get um, how many customers end up filling, uh, end up going through with a checkout. Where do they stop? And all this information is kind of unstructured. We would transform that information. So that's the ETL pipeline: extract, transform, and load. And then after that, the data scientists have organized data that then they can do queries on and create reports and make uh, decisions based off of that. So, so did your, um, I guess, experience from Morgan Stanley, because I'm sure you must, be, you must have been querying data, right? So did that experience kind of help you to see, okay, so this is like the end product that we're trying to go for. So this is how we should structure. Did that, did that experience help? Sort of. I would say at Morgan Stanley, I learned more about how to be a good software engineer on a team um, because like you the, the, the kind of work that I was doing like at Morgan Stanley was mostly like C++ some Java as well so very different than Shopify where I was working in Python working with um, what's it called you can edit this out um, not Scala yeah I was working in Scala as well and Spark yeah. Spark ML so these are technologies that are very different but there are kind of some fundamentals there such as knowing how to do a good pull request mm -hmm. knowing when to ask for help knowing how to uh, create like a spec a feature spec yeah. uh, so these are things that I learned very early on and at every internship I'm surprised at how much more I can learn and how much more I can refine my skills in terms of being like a team player there. Because okay. one thing is like technical knowledge and technical skill, but another, another kind of the flip side of that is also knowing how to integrate that well and work with other people when you do it, so. Okay, so after Shopify, you went to Microsoft, right? Which is like a dream for a lot of like software engineers. So. What was the interview process like? What was like, um, were you more confident after inter working for Shopify, which is actually like a very big company? Um, so did you have that confidence going into the interview? Um, well, just, just tell me about like the general experience. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you're right. I had a lot of, I had a little bit more confidence applying because I had three internships under my belt. Uh, but that still wasn't enough for like the very difficult interview process that they have. 
And so actually when I first applied to Microsoft, they, they do a general application for all of North America. Okay. And so I was looking to get an internship in Seattle. Mm. And so what ended up happening was they scheduled my first very, very first phone call interview, like a screening interview, sometime in October okay. or actually late, this, uh, late September. And my interviewer bailed on the day of. He, had, he was sick or he had some kind of emergency. And so the recruiter said, okay, don't worry, we'll reschedule the interview. Okay. About a few weeks passed, no word from the recruiter, nothing. I emailed again, nothing from the recruiter. Oh. I emailed again sometime late October, nothing. Wow. So I got a little bit worried, um, but then I realized that the recruiters that they have sometimes at Microsoft work temporarily. So they wow. have like, they work on a contract for a few years and then uh, they switch it up depending on the needs of, of, of the company. So I believe that this recruiter had left. <laughs> so. And with that left, I guess, rescheduling my interview um, as well. And so what ended up happening is sometime in November, I was in no rush to get an internship. Mm. So in November, I reached out to one of my friend's recruiters okay. who had already interviewed in Seattle. And I said, hey, I never got my first phone screen interview. Could we reschedule? And she said, oh, absolutely. Sorry for the inconvenience. And she set, scheduled me in the first week of December. Now. I didn't know this, but by that time they had already pretty much filled up all positions in the States in mm -hmm. Seattle because that's that's kind of the time frame. Mm -hmm. uh, and I had interviewed and sometime mid-December, I get an email from my recruiter saying, uh, so sorry, like Seattle's all filled up, but would you be interested for Vancouver? Yeah. Uh, and I was like very interested in that because I, I, I heard really good things about the Vancouver office mm -hmm. for Microsoft. It was small, but they were doing really meaningful and interesting projects. Uh, and so in the end, I was sent out to Vancouver uh, mid-January for the actual technical interviews, in-person interviews. And that was uh, very, very difficult. But in the end, um, I ended up getting the offer a few weeks later. That's so good. Yeah. And this was for the summer? Interview. This is for the summer, yeah. So I've heard at the Vancouver, uh, at their Vancouver site, they have the garage program as That's well. That's correct, yeah. But you only did the normal software. The software. Interview. So they have... Um, they have the garage program, which is essentially like a small incubator for startup ideas. So students will work in groups of three or four, uh, and they take about 20 students per, per, uh, per summer semester. So that's the garage cohort. Uh, and they split that up. So there are about five, six projects. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it is essentially that they work on a little, uh, they work on an idea that they end up presenting to execu executives at Microsoft uh, when near the end of their term. But yeah, I was working on um, like as a regular software engineer because I've, I've heard about the garage program, but it wasn't for me. I wasn't okay. that interested in, in, in that uh, because I really wanted to get experience working on a, on a real project. Yeah. Uh, that was just my preference at the time. And they take a lot less software engineers, so it's a little bit harder yeah. to get, so. Yeah, I've heard that what most students do, they go through the garage program and it's easier for them to get software engineering yeah. after. Yeah, garage is a lot easier and then it's kind of like, it's almost a test drive to see what, what it's like working at Microsoft mm -hmm. and then from there, they usually jump and they end up working as a yeah. regular software intern, so. so what was like your day-to-day -day like at Microsoft? Because I'm sure such a big company, you probably have to move a lot faster. There's probably a lot more code reviews. Uh, and you have to think about like 
the like your product at scale because there's so many users that's true yeah so what was what was that like so yeah microsoft was the first time i actually had code that was customer facing like front facing mm -hmm. uh and yeah you're you're right when 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 we think about uh project ideas or adding in features the customer is like the first thing that comes to mind obviously and so a lot of the decisions that the pms project managers make mm -hmm are based on customer existing customer data that they get. So one example is I was working on uh, under like the photos team. So the photos app on Windows mm -hmm. is used hun by hundreds of millions of users every month. Okay. And so they have a huge uh, data set to work off of to see what users are clicking the most, what features are most valuable. Uh, and so that was um, very, very interesting to see. Yeah. So you said photos, right? Um, yeah. Was that under like Big Park? Yes. Okay. So Big Park is like a studio within Microsoft. So it was a company before that got acquired by Microsoft. Okay. Uh, and so it's, it's interesting because they work within the Microsoft office in Vancouver with all the other teams, but they almost have, it's almost like a little bit of a, like a startup vibe within the company. Okay. So usually when projects are given to Big Park, they are the sole people that work on it. So the designers, QA, and the engineers, PMs, they're all going to be under one roof in Big Park at Microsoft, as opposed to having like some designers in Seattle or some designers somewhere else, engineers, that kind of stuff. So it was like, it was very interesting because when I was working on the projects there, I would be able to go to the design team tap them on the shoulder and then ask them in person rather than sending a huge email yeah. or having a formal meeting. So I really like that openness and having everybody in one space was really, really great. So. All right. So I wanted to go back to the interview process or sorry, your preparation before the interview. Mm -hmm. So a lot of students, they do like elite code, hacker rank, right? And uh, so what is your best, what are your best tips for preparing for like a big company? So uh, yeah, it's pretty standard when it comes to these bigger companies like Microsoft, Google, Amazon. They expect you to know uh, fundamentals of computer science. Mm -hmm. So I had to study up on that. Like I've taken data structures and algorithm courses, but the ones that are offered at our school, they simply don't prepare you for what, to, what you can expect in an interview. Okay. In upper year courses, like in third and fourth year, yes, you will get more challenging data structure and algorithm type courses, which do in turn prepare you, but that's more of like on the math side, right? Okay. So what they're looking for is more what the kinds of questions you would see on lead code. So yeah, I did spend quite a lot of time going through lead code questions, learning about binary search trees, how to traverse them, graph traversals, all these algorithms that you would need to solve problems. And they're kind of fun because like you can do them in like, 15 minutes to half an hour and it's just like a little challenge you can do before going to bed or something like that. So I just spend a lot of time there. I also read Cracking the Coding interview with which a lot of people swear by and it's uh, it, it is valuable uh, especially for these big companies they have chapters dedicated to them. Mm -hmm. So I read up with about like what Microsoft expects, what kind of questions they uh, focus on. But again you kind of have to take those chapters with a grain of salt because sometimes it won't be like that and it really depends on the interviewer. Okay. Uh, and if you know the team beforehand, that's even better because sometimes uh, that can kind of like, you can know what types of questions they'll be asking, especially for the behavioral. Yeah. Okay. So how many, so I want to understand what was the timeline like? So 
you said in December you reached out to your friend's recruiter, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when was your like phone screen? So like a week later, so a very early later. December. Okay. So you probably didn't prepare that much for the phone screen. The phone interviews when I did them were very easy. It was non-technical. Yeah. It was with a recruiter just mm -hmm. going over uh, what, where you've worked, what projects you've worked on, yeah. uh, and what kind of teams you want to work on. And then they ask some sort of technical questions. One of them was like, what data structure do you prefer? Okay. Or like, so, so these are questions yeah. that are not too uh, yeah. technical remember, and it didn't really uh, make sense to me, but that's, that's the nature of it when a recruiter, I guess, is yeah. asking you, so. I remember, um, I think they asked me, uh, they did the introduction, my projects, and then they asked me, write, uh, write a function that takes two strings and add, like the two strings are numbers and just it adds it. So it's like, <laughs> it's pretty, yeah, and it's this pretty is all over the phone. So yeah. It's very simple. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask, so after, after the phone screen, you probably had to book your onsite. Yeah. And so you probably had more time to prepare for that. Yes, exactly. And so. Was that like three weeks or four weeks down? So it was actually perfect timing because it was the winter break. Okay. So I didn't, exams were done by that time and I was just like, had two weeks to just fully immerse myself okay. and prepare. And I really did use that time wisely because I felt like this was kind of an a very important opportunity and I was already like being flown out there and was going to take time away from school to be there. So I might as well make it count, at least from my end. Because you never know with these interviews. Sometimes they're just questions that are really hard that yeah. just, you know, right above you. And so you, you just, you can't prepare. But at least what you can do is prepare yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's, everybody should do that. So that, you know, at least you're, you're yeah. happy about how you did. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so how, how many hours do you think you would have spent, like, preparing on lead code for this internship? Hmm. For this, like for the interview? Just for, just for Microsoft, yeah. I don't know. So like two weeks, probably like two, three hours every day. Because okay. sometimes like you could, you could do it for longer, but then you're just less, less effective. So from at them. like 28 to 36. 20, yeah, hours. hours yeah. If I can do my math. I was, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> it, was, it was quite a lot of time. Okay. But um, definitely like make sure that you again like i said in the uh the cracking the coding interview they tell you the kinds of questions to work on mm -hmm. they're the kinds of questions that these companies ask so some some companies are more uh graph heavy so then yeah. you would know to focus your time on more graph questions but i struggled a lot with binary search trees and graph traversal so i really focused on that and i and i worked in order like worked hard in order to like make sure i understood those concepts really well so okay. Yeah. And you said you got flown out, so yeah, yeah. that was all... Microsoft pays for all that, which, is, which yeah. is great, yeah. So even if you don't get the offer... You, you still, still get, get a free trip out of it, yeah. yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. It's fun, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to share about like your Microsoft experience? Yeah. Um, any, anything that you found was unique to Microsoft? Sure, yeah. Or um, <clears throat> anything you'd wish you could have done while you were there but like on now that you're yeah back like yeah so i mean for microsoft what's great about it is that it's such a large organization mm -hmm. and there's multiple teams uh development teams that work on just tools for development so 
I was working in C++ on a framework called, in a framework called WinRT, which is new, okay. and it's developed by Microsoft. And so while developing in C++ for this you know, front-facing application, I ran into a few bugs, and, or not bugs, but like more like issues related to like heap allocation, you know, problems and that kind of stuff. And it was really great that I could like reach out to the team that directly worked on that framework okay. to get their input on what could be the problem. And that's very unique to Microsoft and big organizations, because otherwise you'd have to go on online forums, yeah. you know, pose a question, ask the question, wait for the response. It's a little bit slower, but these guys, I just messaged them on Teams and uh, I got a response within a few minutes and it was, it was a really cool experience. Really cool. But on top of that, uh, it's the kinds of people that work at these big organizations, yeah. it attracts a lot of very talented people. And so I got the chance to be like mentored and, and work with uh, this you know, amazing engineer. He, he has been working since like the 90s and he was actually an engineer, he was one of the, f the founders of the FIFA game okay. that EA made. So he made the very first FIFA game and there's like wow. articles about him online, like when you search up his name. And I didn't, half of my internship, I didn't know that I was working with like such a legend. And like so many people told me that he was very talented and that he worked on the first FIFA game. But until I like Googled his name, I didn't know what a big deal he was. So just having that kind of mentorship and like being able to talk to him about like software engineering and like where he mm -hmm. thinks kind of the industry is going was really cool. Uh, and having him review my my code was scary <laughs> to say the least so but i yeah, learned sure, so much from I'm him. sure that's pretty nerve-wracking yeah so that's a wrap on that video guys thanks for sticking around to the end and i really hope you enjoyed it uh stick around because in the next couple of weeks we're going to be having professors uh, industry professionals on our series and i want you to guys to hit the like button subscribe and hit the bell icon too so you're notified when new videos show up Don't forget to subscribe, or I'll delete your Minecraft account. Yeah, that's awkward. <laughs> <laughs>